Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 551, recorded live on Saturday, March 17th, 2018. And here are your hosts, the man who didn't see history being made, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who had to see it live, Andy Lowe. Hi. <coughs> had to see it live. I, yep, yep, yep. Like, I glanced at the scores on my computer screen and then promptly uh, pulled up the uh, web stream on my phone. So, uh, okay, so by had to see it live, you, you meant like you couldn't believe it. You had to see it. Yes, I could not. Not like it. someone was forcing you to sit there and watch it. It, it, it was so surprising to me, which it was yeah. to everybody. Uh, not everybody. Not everybody. 0.5% of people on Pick Hoops actually had the correct game there. 0.5%. Okay. So not everybody, just almost everybody. Essentially everybody. For the first time in NCAA tournament history, ladies and gentlemen, a one seed lost their first game. Yes. That's what Andy's going on about. That's what the, the big deal is. Hundred and is hundred and thirty eight games over all the years. And they lost. Yes. That um, granted this was just on the men's sucks. side. Yeah. Because the what women's have, have a number women sixteen lost? beat a number one seed in nineteen ninety eight. Okay. But on the men's side, on the men's side, thirty-three years, a hundred and thirty-two <clears throat> plus one hundred and thirty-three games. Yeah, and finally, <clears throat> it happened. I mean, it had to happen eventually. Yes, but it was one of those weird statistical anomalies that it's like you know, yes, in theory, this should happen, but God, this this was everybody thought it was going to be uh, Pennsylvania if there was going to be anybody in the sixteens, not UMBC. <clears throat> The University of Maryland, Baltimore County Retrievers. Go Goldens. Uh, yeah, their their logo is like a golden retriever. Yeah. As opposed to the Virginia Cavaliers. Which was the tournament's number one overall seed. Yep. Not even just like one of the top four. This Virginia was the tournament's number one overall and two. team. Oops. Well, there goes almost everyone's bracket. Uh, not mine. Yeah? Because I didn't pick Virginia to even get to the final four. Whoa! I picked them to go to the final four. I did not pick them to win. Yeah, no, I I did my Delta analysis, and especially since they lost their main point getter before the tournament started, they were just getting overrated compared to what the numbers said. So I mm-hmm. I had them lose. I believe you are now um, 23rd, tied for 23rd on our, our group's bracket. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah, there's uh, there was a couple other ones there that should have been better, but they weren't. Yeah. I see you have your entire, uh, was that the Western Quadrant, the bottom left? Yeah. Selected every one of those games correctly? Yeah, I'm still thinking, though, that Houston's going to beat Michigan. Well, that's where you and I differ, sir. By a rather significant margin. Uh, the stats say they're about a 20% overqualified compared to... Yeah, U of M's overrated by about 20 percentage points, according to my math. I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me. What really surprised me, though, was the lack of overrated stuff on the, in in the this is the least number of overrated underrated teams i've seen ever since i've been doing this okay like uh, virginia is only is only basically seven to eight percent overrated but all the rest of them are pretty much you know spot on which was surprising it was like okay and i did the math and i said okay highlight anything that's that's plus or minus greater than 10%, and it's just like a little handful of stuff popped up, and I'm just like, well, shit. <laughs> but yes, the impossible did happen, so. Uh, I'm still going to not pick a 16 seed over a 1 seed next year. No, neither am I. Like, that, that's just not going to happen. Nope. It's really low probability, but 
as they say. Well, heck, even this one, the, the math said that Virginia had a 98%. But the, no, I says who? Says Ken Palm and his uh, ratings. Guy who spends his life. Right, but that's still just a... I, I very much dislike those, like, oh, there's like a 96%. It's like the Leroy Jenkins video. Like, you can't actually calculate that percentage. There are far too many variables. There are far too many unknowns. Yeah, but it was just, it wasn't Virginia's night. They shot just 41% of the floor, and they had never allowed an opponent to shoot better than 50% from the whole season. Yeah. And the retriever shot 54%. Uh oh. How long before there's an investigation? I don't know. Because some people, I'm sure, could have made a lot of money betting on just that one game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And all it takes is convincing, like, one or two players. I feel like the players are already bad enough. I don't want to investigate them for point shaving. Yep. It's really hard to tell the difference between a almost good shot and a good shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those poor guys, they are probably not very happy. No, no, not at all. Um. Okay, so yeah, basketball, sports. Still going on. Yay. Now the question is, do I still have a chance of winning the whole thing? The whole thing. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. It's way too early to tell. Yeah, no, I got to get Gonzaga to, to uh, start throwing some upsets. Yep. I need Gonzaga to beat Ohio. And then to beat uh, Xavier. You and I have actually that exact same thing. The only difference is you have Houston beating Michigan and then Gonzaga beating Houston. Yep. Other than that, our our Western quadrant is exactly the same. How far do you have State going? Michigan State? Yep. Uh, they lose to Duke. Yeah, that's what I have as well. Ooh, uh, I still have a chance your, of winning it all. Your Duke and Kansas game, uh, I have reversed. You see, I'm sorry, but I, I thought about it, but I always take Duke one less game than I think they're going to go. <laughs> so you thought they would go, that they'd beat Kansas, but because you thought they'd beat Kansas, you I said, purposely nope, Kansas did not let, let them beat Kansas. That would have been funny because you and I would have had like the bottom half of our bracket almost exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, as it stands, you are ranked 23rd in our group. I am ranked 10. Well, we'll see how the future. Plays we'll see out. how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Kate says she always takes Duke one more. Yeah, she does. <laughs> How's that worked for for you versus her? Because I'm pretty sure she beats you. Uh, I'm not sure about this year because she took Virginia pretty far. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, speaking All of I can sports. Say is go blue. We can actually lead this into topics. What? With sports? Why is there a sports-based topic? Well, it's eSports. So there isn't a sports-based topic. Well, it's about the Olympics. So there is a sports-based topic. Yes. Why is Alibaba weighing in on this? That is an excellent question. Alibaba to focus on nonviolent games for the Olympic eSports bid. So first off, the Olympics have said we we are considering esports, but nothing violent. So yes. like, Overwatch is a no no. Yeah, Team Fortress Two, a lot of the fighting games, those are going to be no nos. They there can't be violence in the game. Yeah, we want to promote non discrimination, non violence, and peace among people. This doesn't match with video games, which are about violence, explosions, and killing. And there we have to draw a clear line. So I guess Ali Sports, which is the Esports arm of Alibaba, because that makes sense. Sure. Has been working with the Olympic Council of Asia. I mean, there's still plenty of time for someone to design and build a game that is not violent, but is like a good esport. Rocket League? Rocket League? That could be cool. Because, yeah, if you think of any of the big esports games, violence, explosions, violence, explosions. Yep. Violence and explosions and more violence. Yeah. But like how how else are you supposed to have a competitive I guess like 
Rocket League, right? There's no vi- well, no, you explode other cars. Yep, that's the problem. Tetris? <laughs> I, I guess you could maybe do a Tetris game. It's not going to be nearly as um, engaging or thrilling. Heck, you couldn't even do Hearthstone. Nope. There's there's a lot of weapons and violence. Yep. Maybe some other card game or you disguise the violence. Like, oh no, I'm not I'm not hitting him, I'm sending him candy. I'm taking his candy. Nope. That's stealing. <laughs> the bunny gets the pancakes. <laughs> Oh, God, I watched that, like, five seconds, 15 times Oh, in a row. Like, I just watched it, and then I pressed J, so it, like, went back 10 seconds. Yep. The kitty gets the milkshake. The bunny gets the pancakes. Oh. That's be <laughs> interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Also bought tickets for Avengers. Yes, because they've gone on sale with another trailer that came out. Yep. So I have I have opening ticket opening night tickets. We do not. No. Babby? Yep. It's all about the baby. All about the baby. Oh, damn it. Huh. The uh they have it in IMAX, but it's only three D IMAX. Oh. The 3D fan event includes pop and popcorn bonus content, a commemorative coin you'll be the first to see Avengers in Okay, so here's a question for you. Yep. So AMC theaters are doing... Oh my god, I saw that. Yeah, a 31-hour movie marathon. Yep. All the the MCU MCU movies movies. leading up to Avengers Infinity War. Yep. That's that's hard to sit through. 31-hour... There are questions that are come up to that. One, are you able to leave and come back? Probably... Like, they can't keep you there for 31 hours and be like, yeah, no, just, like, fall asleep in the theater. Especially, you like, know. Like, there's logistics about this. How do you sleep? How do you eat? What do you eat? How do you move? Because I was thinking about this chair, because the, the AMC theater here has the recliners. Yeah. yeah. So you could just, you know, recline back. And put in earplugs. Put in earplugs, get an eye mask. Have- have the worst sleep ever. <laughs> yes, because there's, because it's you know it's not like these things are like you know documentaries or something. There's lots of action and explosions that happen throughout all the films. So yeah, you would have to, I don't know, find like, like a dull moment or something and just. Well, Iron Man two. <laughs> oh, Iron Man two, Thor. Yeah, I like two. Thor. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Because if you could leave, then what I would do is you'd get, get, you know, I've got the Outback. So then we would put the seats down, get an inflatable mattress, and then actually, like, you know, sleep in the back of the car. Or just go home. Or just go home. Yes, that's also true. And go to sleep for, like, a couple hours and then go back. Yeah, I'd like the idea if they just had it where, you know, you'd watch Come and go as you please. Well, no, no. Remember, didn't you see that thing where, um... If you started watching the movies at like the start of the year or something like that, you could actually watch like one of them a week and then it would lead up to Infinity War. That's what the movie theaters should have done. Yeah, but that's that's hard to do. Yeah, because you'd have to get the rights for each of the individual movies. Granted, they got the rights for all of them in a row. Yep. I don't know, man. I I don't know. Like it, the whole thing's pretty bonkers. Yep. Thirty one hours of movie. I'm just still trying to piece through like the logistics of that because have you ever tried to sit for thirty? Yes, you did. Uh, you know what it would be, Andy? It'd be the cross country super trip on the way back. Yeah, yeah. It's driving back from Seattle. Yeah. Except that like those those ten minute bathroom breaks are just you walking into the hallway and going to the bathroom and then coming back to the seat. Yep. Oh my god, it was, it was, I mean, at the very least you'd have, like, the time in the credits to stand up. Yes. That is if true, you were, yes. You would have, you know, a good seven to If ten you were minutes. okay missing all the stingers. Yeah, because I've already seen all the stingers. I don't need to see them again. Well, but you've seen all the movies, Andy. The whole point is to see the whole thing. I'm sorry, but I have a life. You have a child. 
who's currently climbing on our TV stand. Yes, he is. Let's let's be honest. If Isaac were not there, you would have considered it. No, God, no, 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 really? Yeah, no, I would. Oh, no, shit. I would not do thirty-one hours of movies. What is what does that say about me? Because I considered it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I decided against it. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely like I thought about it. I'm like, could I do it? No, it's not worth it. That was the length of time I considered it was like 10 seconds. Well, not only are you okay, so you got to be there for 31 hours in the movie. You know, you're probably not getting. I wonder if you could get like you could order pizza, get it delivered to the theater, to the theater. Because otherwise, Maybe. you know, you'd be stuck eating the, you know, the movie theater, pop the movie theater popcorn. Yeah. Which, I mean, all you need to do is buy one large. Buy one large drink? No, one large. Well, the, the popcorn is free refills, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Popcorn? I think it is for, like, the VIP members. Oh, that's right. This is AMC. I was thinking about the other theater we have out here. The other theater we have is, is free refills on a large popcorn. Oh. No, we, uh, I'm not sure if we get... Celebration is free refills in the popcorn, right? Oh, it's for a quarter. That's not too bad. No, that's I mean, how many how many large popcorns are you going to do in a day before you're just sick of popcorn? Yeah. Yeah, because I wonder if the the AMC the, see the problem is the AMC theater here used to be the Alamo, so they they actually had a kitchen, but then they removed the kitchen. Okay. Are we sad they removed the kitchen? Oh, this is the one that would deliver the food to, like, your seats. Yes. Yeah, that would be sad. Well, I'm looking up the theater right now. Oh, I don't think it's a... Nope, it's just traditional movie stuff. <laughs> God, that would be horrible. Just having just popping... That's all you could have is popping popcorn for. Yep. <laughs> oh... Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be able to. No. Nope. Especially with a kid. Yep. Especially with a, an adorable baby. Um. So when are you going to see Infinity War? When we can get a babysitter. Okay. Probably on like a Sunday morning. Yep. Start looking for a babysitter, man. Yep, we'll have to this find... This is what they've been building towards, right? Like, this is it. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah, 11 a.m. Sunday, April 29th. We can see if there's, you know, tickets available for that. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> They're all gone, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Minus the first three rows, which, no. Nope. I don't even know why they have those rows there in the theater. Granted, it's less bad now because they have the recliners. But still, it's like those those first three rows in the theater. You're just like, why are you? Why, why are they even selling those tickets? Yeah. Or... Why do they sell those tickets for the same price as the good seats? That is an excellent question. Although I'm, I'm, I'm I have mixed feelings. So the idea is, if if they right now, if the price of the good seats is the price of the bad seats, because that's the price that they decided all seats should be, that's one thing. And, but if if the bad seats are being overvalued right now, which is to say if they should be cheaper than what they are now, I'd be for that. Yeah. If it meant making the good seats more expensive than they are now, then that would just be a dick move. Oh. The 1130 showing currently only has four seats sold in it. 1130 a.m.? Yeah. Weird. I know. that It's... Literally a half hour later, and the, suddenly the theater is completely empty. Weird. Mm-hmm. On Sunday? Yes. Huh. Everyone going to church? Yes, because the west side of Michigan loves God. I mean, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It does. I mean, for goodness sakes, there was at some point where there were places that had uh, uh, Easter weekend you got off. Really? Yeah. Like, the place was closed the Monday after Easter, and I'm just like, but Why? But why would you do that? It's the Monday after Easter. Are you somehow thinking that, you know, I'm partying so hard on Easter? Yep. You, you need that time off, man. Well, yeah. They, but uh, Oh, yeah. And it was also Good Friday was off as well. It's just like, dang, religion much? From time to time. Oh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Oh, west side of Michigan. 
we should probably get back to topics. Yes. Since we, we got off again. Yes. I don't know how we got off. We were talking about Avengers. But how did we even get how did we get to Avengers? I don't know. We were looking at esports and yes. things like that. I don't know. I why does Alibaba have an esports division? <laughs> I don't know. That's like saying eBay's esports team or Amazon's esports team. Like that's now granted I know for a fact Amazon has an esports team. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before. It's the uh, After Hours Gaming League. If you go to afterhoursgaming.tv, these are corporate esports events. Ah. So this is like um, okay. Amazon and Microsoft and Google. Oh, wow. Google Alibaba. Like destroying. Have... Go ahead. Uh, which is investing $47 million in esports in the year through March, is hosting the World Electronic Sports Games this week, mm-hmm. where members of the International Olympic Committee will also attend to observe. So yeah, the e-commerce giant teamed up with the Olympic Council of Asia to add esports to the 2017 Asia Indoor and Martial Arts Games and the 2018 Jakarta Asian Games. We think as a third-party esports organizer, we're a better match for the principles that the Olympic Olympics promote, which is fairness. If you're a games producer, you're suspected of only pushing your games for your own benefit. I'm looking through the AHGL leaderboards right now. Yeah. Some of the names are just wonderful. Amazon has a team. It is their uh, League of Legends team called Amazon HQ2. uh another one the amd rise in friends because rise is a character in league of legends and their processor is called the ryzen yep which my boss actually just bought recently the tesla superchargers the team we Uh, actually had to do this actually uh just recently um was so we did one of the escape rooms and we actually got on the top 10 list yeah so you had to come up with a team name yeah we had to come up with the team name and i'm just sitting there going like i don't know why'd you put me on the spot oh no what did you settle on we settled on your it guys your it guys yes it's going to the the like penny arcade the reason why your it guy called in sick yeah hey look your it guys scored a top 10 time on it was on the code too which was a computer themed escape room which is this the one with like the hacker wants to release a thing and you're beginning framed by him yeah i read the description of that one <laughs> yeah it it was on the nose a couple of times yeah yeah was it was it actually written by someone who understood computers i'm looking uh, at you dan brown <laughs> oh digital fortress if it scans this memory, the whole system crashes. Nope. That's not what happens. Storing code and looking at code is not the same as processing code. Well, D- Dave, it's just a... He, he, I'm not going to suggest anything. I'm just going to say at one point there was a four-digit code that we had to find. Yeah? All like the numbers were odd. Okay. Four-digit code, all the numbers are odd. Yes. You have an idea oh. of what number it was? No. Oh. Should I? What's well, a very stereotypical one, two, three, four. But no, it's not uh, my luggage. That's one, two, three, four, five. Oh. Sorry. Nice try. It was close. Four digit code, they're all odd? Yes. Nine 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 nine? No. One three five seven. One three. I I clearly fail this this room, Andy. One three three seven. One three three seven leet. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a really crappy hacker. Yeah. As soon as we, and we got the four digit code, we're like one three three seven. I just I just look up at the, the web camera that you know the game master is watching you on, and I'm looking yeah. at it going Really? really? <laughs> one three three seven. Up. Really yeah. guys? Really? Yeah. Cause cause you know that's how you make yourself leap. Yep. By doing one three three seven. Um, okay, back on track. Back, get more games. 
More games. Esports. Yes. There's still more esports talk. Yes. Um, Activision Blizzard's esports division, which actually, you know, makes sense. Rather than <laughs> Alibaba's. Yeah. Uh, hired three new people to lead their esports division. And they all come from... Da-da-da-da! Hockey, football, and basketball. So, actual sports. Yes. Daniel Cherry, which is, is joined as their chief marketing officer, used to be the chief marketing officer for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Mark Colin has come on board as vice president of finance and strategy. He used to work in business development for the NFL and NBA. And Brandon Snow has been tapped for the role of chief revenue officer, where before this, he was the senior vice president of team marketing and business operations for the NBA. So Activision Blizzard is like, hey, let's actually talk to the people who, you know, have done this for a living. Yeah. And understand the intricacies and have the right contacts and know who to talk to. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Anytime a company is like, yeah, we're announcing an esports division, be like, OK, you should probably like get people who know what they're doing. I have a feeling that these guys <laughs> know what they're doing. I hope so. Here's the question. Is it easier to teach people in the video game industry about the sports industry, or is it easier to teach people who know about sports about the video game industry? I I would say it would be easier um, to teach people in the sports industry about esports. I think so. It it just seems like it's less of a complex system. Well, heck, I mean, Reggie from Nintendo, didn't he used to work for Pepsi before he started working for Nintendo? Did he? I do not know. Mr. Phil Zames? Yeah, I'm trying to remember how to spell that. <laughs> F-I-L-S dash. A-I-M-E with the... Uh, accent? Yeah. Oh, sorry. He worked for Pizza Hut and VH1 before getting his job at Nintendo. This is basically Pepsi, right? No. No? Pizza Hut's not basically Pepsi? No. Oh, okay. Oh, I remember the Bigfoot pizza. Oh. Was was he responsible for that? Yeah. The Bigfoot pizza and the Big New Yorker. I don't remember those. The Big New Yorker was a big, thin crust pizza that was like, you know, two feet. That's a big pizza. Yeah, the Bigfoot pizza, though, was... Pizza Hut Bigfoot pizza. What was this? Three feet long. Oh, yeah, I remember it. In the early 90s. That's a big, big pizza. Yep. Andy, have I introduced you to the sandwich discussion? Uh, no. So, since it, it comes to mind because we're talking about pizza, and pizza often actually gets brought up in the sandwich discussion. So here's a question for you. Wait a second, you have actual discussions about this? Yes, this is a recurring theme at, at, at lunch. <laughs> here's the question. What is and what is not a sandwich? It is something that has to be taken on almost a case-by-case basis because, question, is ravioli a sandwich? No, because it's a dumpling. Ah, all right. That is that is one of the few things that people can, can get behind is that a dumpling is, is separate than a sandwich. Of course, that brings the question of what differentiates a dumpling from a sandwich? Well, that's okay. So then that's along the same lines as how is a pie not a sandwich? That is the question. Is a pie a sandwich? No, because it's a pie. Or is it a dumpling? No, because a dumpling is small and normally put inside a broth of some kind. You don't stick a pie in a giant pot of soup. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So pot stickers are not dumplings? Normally, you you have a a broth with pot stickers. No, you order them by themselves. You can put them in a soup, but you can also just order them by themselves. Laura, when she sits down to eat Chinese, will have a plate of dumplings. Or, if you'd prefer, what about bao? Bao does not go in a soup. No, no, it doesn't. You're right. So is bao not a dumpling? No, it's a dumpling. Ravioli often does not go into soup. Is a hamburger a sandwich? Yes. Okay. Is a hot dog a sandwich? 
Because once you start hitting a hot dog, then you start getting into tacos and pitas and things. Yep. Is Why a are we taco. even having this discussion? Because I love the, the viral nature of this. I love putting this into people's heads. Uh, and because now when you sit down for lunch with your, your new coworker, you have another topic of discussion of what is a sandwich? Is a taco a sandwich? Or here's the real kicker, and this is what brought it up in my mind. What is a pizza but an open face sandwich? Uh... <laughs> I think I broke Andy. So Toys R Us Canada. <laughs> you have nothing to refute the fact that a pizza is an open face sandwich, do you? No, because it's, I was going to say because it's, you know, cooked, it's not an open face sandwich, but there are open face sandwiches that are cooked. Mm-hmm. If you take a pizza and fold it over itself. It becomes a taco-ish. Is that a sandwich? And if you press the, the ends together and close it, you no longer have a taco, you have a calzone. Is that act of pressing the end together what differentiates a sandwich from a dumpling? So Xbox. Wait, wait what about, uh, you were talking about Toys R Us Canada. I'm sorry, I was trying to, but no, you kept on bringing up sandwiches again. I can, I can bring up sandwiches all day. What's going on with Toys R Us Canada? Well, Toys R Us Canada might actually have found a buyer. So, really? yes, Toys R Us in the UK is closing. And yes, news is Toys R Us in the US is completely going away. But Toys R Us in Canada, you know, they wanted to make sure that, you know, everybody knew that Toys R Us Canada operated autonomously from the US company and continues to be a stable and profitable market leader in Canada. So someone is purchasing Toys R Us Canada division. Yes. Huh. So I wonder if there's a Toys R Us in Windsor. And that would be the closest Toys R Us to you? Yep. Toys R Us Canada store locator. Hey, look, there's one on Howard Avenue in Windsor. Sorry, it's a Babies R Us. Ah. And there's a bunch of Babies R Us. Hmm. But yeah, somebody wants to buy the uh, uh, Canada division. I'm still kind of reeling from the news that it's shutting down in the U.S. Yep. Thank you, I'm leveraged also, buyout. Also reeling at the news of the $14 million bonuses being granted to the executives. Thank you, leveraged buyout. Something there doesn't seem right. Well, a trio of private equity firms paid $6.6 6 billion to take Toys R Us and make it private. The problem is they borrowed 80% of that and then had to pay off the five point some odd mil, uh, billion dollars. Yep. Yeah, no, the, uh, where is it on here? Ah, yes. The uh, firms that bought them sucked up about $200 million in fees out of Toys R Us over the course of their ownership. So they own the company yet were still paying themselves management fees? Yep. Great. Gross. Gross. Capitalism at its finest. Yep. <sighs> Good times. Nothing like taking a company that's stagnant and then throwing a whole bunch of more debt at it and then going, how come this isn't working? Which also, <laughs> uh, this can actually lead to another topic because iHeartMedia, the largest radio station owner in the U.S., is now also filed for bankruptcy. Who did? iHeartMedia. Oh, <gasps> really? Yes. That's, uh-oh. Yeah. This is the group that's been buying up, like, every radio station ever. They, yeah, they became the largest one, which is funny because their debt yeah. came from a 2008 leveraged buyout. God damn, why do we allow this sort of thing to happen? That, that deal, led by Bain Capital, the same company that did that to Toys R Us. Who is probably still raking in millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yep. Struggle with debt that was taken on to finance a $17.9 billion leverage buyout back in 2008 of what was then Clear Channel Communications. Uh, Nothing like, you know, spending $18 billion back in 2008. Hey, what happened right around that time? Hmm. The financial collapse. Yep. Gross, man. Yeah, just, so just also gross. the second, well, actually now the third largest company, um, 
Cumulus had filed for Chapter 11 four months ago as well. So you have two of the top three radio station owners in the country right now. Filing for bankruptcy. Yes. Does anyone else see a problem with this? Is it just you and me? Like, are people not recognizing what's going on? Well, according to most of the news article with Toys R Us, no, people are not recognizing what's going on because everybody said, oh, you know, the reason why Toys R Us failed was because of Amazon, which, yes, that was The reason Toys R Us failed is because they went into severe, significant debt. Which, you know, if you're paying off debt, you can't use that to, you know, reinvest into the company because all you're doing is paying off debt. Yeah. Yeah. Toys R Us was paying $425 million to $517 million in interest every year. <sighs> yep. That's, that's like me going to a bank. To be clear, it's like me going to a bank and saying, I would like to buy Google. And, and I will use Google's income to pay back the loan that you give me to buy Google. So I, I have to raise the question to our, our resident economist and ask, what are situations, what are examples where this has worked out in the favor of the company? Because all I've seen so far when I've looked up leveraged buyouts has just been failure after failure after failure. Granted, you don't really write a news story about, you know, the house didn't burn down last night. Right. But most of the news articles I've been finding have all been about problems with leveraged buyouts so yes no i this is an actual discussion between you two that i actually will pay attention to unlike some and, of the other ones and and where i mean i'm sure there's like a cutoff point but where is that cutoff? where is it no longer a good idea to do this for the company or for the purchaser like this this seems like a really bad choice so that's my question for you mr dr hansowitz um phd phd uh, some other funny news to try and lighten the mood. Yeah. Um, there's a bug in Civ 6. I heard about this. I haven't paid any attention to it, but I did hear about it. So some of the Civ 6 AIs are a little too into religion. And okay. the reason for that is a spelling mistake in the code. Oops. They tried to spell yield, Y-E-I-L-D. Okay. So the normal... the. Players have speculated that normally the code like Yield Production 25 would make a civilization prioritize production and perform really well. But Yield Production 25 means nothing to the game. Yeah, yeah, so the AI would have no idea what that means. So it ignores it. would prioritize things like religion. Because it would ignore Yield. Yeah. So because it wasn't prioritizing, like, creating anything, it prioritized other stuff. Yes. Oops. Yep. Firaxis acknowledged that the glitch is real, saying, we're aware of a community-reported bug that has a minor impact on AI behavior. <laughs> We've also made sure that everyone knows that I goes before E except after C or other weird exceptions. And a we're, fix will be included as part of Civ6's next update. Andy, do you get the joke? Yes. About other weird exceptions? How is weird spelled, Andy? Oh, they did it wrong. No, that's... <laughs> Andy? I before E except after C or other weird exceptions. Oh, yeah. But weird, weird is, is spelled properly there. You're right. Weird is one of the weird exceptions. Turns out our teachers were lazy. I before E except after C is one of the, like, rare times where I goes before E. <laughs> like, there's there's a bunch of other things. It's not just after C. It's also when spelled um, when it's things like A as in neighbor. So anyway, yeah, yield is is y i e l d. Oh, that's unfortunate. So that's just in the AI priorities files. Yes, only some of them were spelled incorrectly, though. So that's why some of the AI was just wrong because they did they they didn't know what they needed to prioritize. Yep. So uh, the country of Bali. Yes, I think as of right now, yep, uh, is currently off the internet. Whoa, that sounds dangerous. Internet services on Bali will go dark this Saturday, so right now, with providers switching off mobile services for 24 hours to mark the Indonesian island's annual day of silence. 
This is the new year, according to the ancient Balinese calendar. It's a sacred day of reflection. Even the international airports shut down. Wi-Fi connections will still be available at hotels and for strategic services such as security, aviation, hospitals, and disaster agencies. Phone and SMS services will be operational, but uh, cellular data will not. That's that's interesting. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of like how would business survive in the U.S. if we took off the entire country for one day? I, I mean, like, what know. about hospitals? Well, they said yes. The the hospitals and everything else, like strategic services, will still be okay. So strategic services infrastructure is still there. Yes, like the power companies, I imagine, are still connected. Yes, it's just consumers, people. Yes. Yes. Uh, According to Balinese beliefs, on today, the spirits roam the island and people must stay quiet and avoid lighting fires or even turning on the lights so as not to attract the attention of the demons. Ah. And Wi-Fi is indeed light. Yep. So yeah, 24 hours of reflection. Probably not a bad idea. It's just a scary one. And the fact that it's scary scares me more. That you don't think we could go 24 hours without the internet? By we, do you mean you and me? I'm just saying we as in as a country. I mean, if if we set up, like, services and made sure things like hospitals and doctors still had the connections that you needed, uh, law enforcement, but even, like, store logistics, right? Yeah. Like, how badly does Meyer need the internet? Probably pretty much. Like, that's how all the payments are processed. That's how uh, the inventory is going to be tracked. It's, uh, it's, oh. Would you personally, though, be able to just shut off for 24 hours? Oh, it would be really hard to do. Yes, I could. As long as I didn't have to go to work that day. I could shut it down for 24 hours. I would I would find something to do probably uh so just the internet right not like getting rid of all electronics or is it getting rid of all electronics cuz there's not supposed to like light fires or turn on the lights I'm thinking it's just all electronics um if I had some prep time so that I could do things like print out um some some patterns that I had stuff to work on, I could do that. Um, I could do... Oh, you know what? I, I do, actually. Um, when I do pathfinder Athon, which is coming up. pathfinder Athon 2018 is in Memorial Day week. We are also discussing um, whether or not it is time to evolve Pathfinder-a-thon into Pathfinder-a-con. Pathfinder-a-con? Yep. Instead of a, a, like, go spend the one day over at your friend's house, it's go get, like, a hotel banquet room and have two days of gaming. One day is the Pathfinder-a-thon tournament, and then the next day is just a bunch of board gaming. And before you say, like, why would you ever do that, I would like to remind you how PAX started. Let alone how Gen Con started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're talking about making Pathfinder-a-con. Oh, oh, that's something that's not on our uh, topic list, but is, is something that is worth talking about. Paizo has announced Pathfinder version 2. Path- Wait, what? Pathfinder 2.0. How can you do that? I thought it was... Uh... You thought it was... I thought it was open source. No. It is the 3.5 open gaming license. So remember Wizards of the Coast bought Dungeons & Dragons from TSR? And then they made 3rd edition, and that was the D20 system. And then they made 3.5. And this is not the first time, like, there's been another version of D&D. Wizards of the Coast is up to version 5. But Pathfinder owns the open gaming license, and they are making Pathfinder V2. They're changing the rules, and it's it looks really interesting. It looks really, really interesting, some of the changes that they're doing. Huh. You're like, I have no care. Well, no, it's it just, I feel like I'd have to learn another. <laughs> like, I, I know Pathfinder because I know D&D. Yep. Will I know Pathfinder 2 or will I have to? 
Uh, I mean, mostly. There's there's some changes to the system, right? Like, um, instead of move minor standard, the the like classic, all oh, you get a a move action, a standard action, and maybe some other stuff. You get three actions around. That's it. You get three actions around. Some most things take one action. Some things take two. Some things might even take three. Ooh. But like, you want to move three times? Move three times. You want to move twice and attack? Move twice and attack. Uh, Dig Reader is Dig still Reader. around. Not for very long. Uh-oh. Another two weeks or so. What do you mean is still around? I've been using it ever since Google. Dig Reader has been my my RSS feed ever since Google Reader shut down. Now, it's been kind of crappy because it keeps messing things up from time to time, but it's what I've had, and now it's going away. I'm very, very upset about this. So RSS is basically dead now? Yes and no. Like, it's still there. It better still be there because that's how we distribute our stuff. That's how podcasts are distributed. Yeah. What else we got? Sorry, I'm just still trying to now find another RSS reader. It's just granted, you know, oh, everything I mean, now I, has got, you know, algorithms and social bullshit. Yeah. Um, in I know reader, Feedly, Pocket, Podcast Addict are, are four that I'm currently testing out. I know reader, I think might be winning because it's, it's like the least social of them. I'll have to take a look at Feedly. Hmm. Um, shoot, how much time we got left? I have no idea. Uh, but, uh, oh, the Xbox isn't going to actually be at E3. The Xbox isn't or Microsoft isn't? Um, the Xbox isn't because it's going to be across the street at the Microsoft Theater. Why? The company attributed the move to the evolution of E3, now including fans and extended show hours. Why? Well, expanding out of the convention center enables Microsoft to include even more fans and partners. Uh-huh. Are we running into the, like, no one in the industry wants to participate in E3 anymore thing again? Okay, with the evolution of E3 now including fans and extended show hours, we saw an opportunity to create an entirely new show experience reaching E3 attendees and those that are following the show from afar. With that, in collaboration with the ESA, the organizers of E3, we're excited to announce that Xbox will be taking over the Microsoft Theater. All right. Microsoft Theater will be home to official E3 events like the E3 2018 briefing, various Xbox Fan Fest activities, hands-on gameplay and demo for all E3 attendees, and more. They just don't want to have to pay their fees to the ESA. Or pay for the... The show floor. The show floor, especially if they have the Microsoft Theater across the street. Yep. They, I think they just don't want to pay the ESA. These changes, expanding our presence, multiple venues, taking over the Microsoft Theater, gives us the opportunity to bring together a variety of Xbox experiences into one primary location and more importantly, let fans in on what we're up to in 2018 and beyond in a fresh new way. Which you'd be able to do in the actual show floor. You just don't want to pay the fees. Yes. Okay. So yeah, Xbox, not actually in E3, but across the street in their own building. We'll just have our own E3 with blackjack and hookers. Uh, no, 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 that, wait, no, wait, that didn't, that got canned. That, that, that's not a thing. That's not going to happen. That didn't, that hasn't happened since God of War. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they weren't hookers. Let's be clear. Also, I don't know that you're thinking of God of War. Did God of War have the goat? Yeah, there was, there was a goat that they like sacrificed, um, but there was another one that was a game based on, on The Sins. Oh, yeah. Shoot, what was that one? Dante. Yes. It, it was Dante, the game Dante. Because it, it was based on the Inferno, and so it was based on the different Sins. And so, like, they sent out Sin packages to all the different news agencies. That was a bad marketing campaign. <laughs> all right, how are we doing? Uh, we should probably hit the randoms. Okay. So, uh, my week... And I've actually gotten back onto the Steam list. Ooh, like going through your Steam games? Yes. Alphabetically still? Yes. Which is why I'm doing Alien Breed Impact, which Alien Breed was originally a top-down 
basically a top-down sci-fi version of Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And back in 2009, they um, redid the game. Okay. And now it's a uh, isometric third par- uh, third-person shooter, but it's still a sci-fi version of Gauntlet because you can even have a co-op version going. Um, turns out I am not good at survival <laughs> horror shooter games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did, so how how long did you play this? About an hour and a half. And did not do well. No. To enjoy it? Not really. How did you get it? I'm not sure. I think I got it because this is the same guys who did um, Worms. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking I um, got a Team 17 bundle from some... Um, the Team 17 indie collection, perhaps? Yeah. No, nope, it doesn't perhaps. look like it's in there. It's not in there. No. Uh, are you sure it was made by the same people as Worms or just published by the same people as Worms? That was made by them. Oh, yeah, developer Team 17. Okay. Also, is this one, two, or three? Uh, this is one, but it's the new one, which is called uh, Alien Breed Impact. Yeah. There's also Alien Breed 2 and Alien Breed 3. Yes, um, two is Assault, three is Descent, which I also have, but I didn't try. <laughs> so did you try the co-op? Uh, no, because that would require two people. Yeah. At the same, is it local only? I don't know. That would require two people. <laughs> You're like, I didn't check. Because maybe, I mean, I remember Gauntlet was was an okay game, but it was a lot better with more people. So maybe maybe Alien Breed is better if you have that multiplayer aspect. Although I'm really amused because when I went to the page for it in, in uh, Steam... It is actually asking me, this game doesn't look like other things you've played in the past. We don't have much information about what, whether or not you might be interested in it. It's Steam, like, trying to warn me away from this. So it's like, are you sure you want to play this? Yeah, I don't even actually see it on the uh, page. You don't see it on the page? What page? Oh, I'm on the Team 17 archives. I'm listing all their games. Yeah. By game title, alphabetical. Are you looking at the Team 17 digital or Team 17 software? Team17.com. Oh, no. So oh, I'm there it looking is. At, there it is. Alien I'm Breed 1 publisher. Impact. Yeah. All right. So d- despite the overall mostly positive reviews, Andy did not like. No, because I am not a arcade shooter or a survival horror fan. Uh, so if you are, you know, an arcade shooter survival horror fan, and you know you have two people, because there is a co-op mode. But we don't know if it's local co-op or internet-based. Probably local. Probably. Uh, no, no, play in either single-player or two-player online co-op mode. Oh, okay. Well, I do not have that game. So I cannot join you and, and see what it is like on multiplayer. Well, I, uh, I don't, I don't know think either. you're, I don't think you're too upset about that though. No, you don't sound upset. No, because I, 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 I don't have my Twitch skills anymore, but oh. you know, not the streaming skills, but you know, you have to, you have to redevelop those. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, not, if this was, you know, kind of like uh, X, was it XCOM or that's tur- uh, turn-based tactical shooter? Yep. Turn-based stuff, yeah, I'd be okay with. But this whole, like, you know, real-time stuff is just not, not, not my cup of tea. Okay. All right. Ooh, tea. I think I want more tea. Well, as soon as we finish this episode up, you can have more tea. Okay. Let's finish. Yes. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. What item, not a person or a pet, do you grab out of your house if it was burning to the ground? My cell phone so I can dial 911. I would say, yeah. That's assuming my cell phone is next to me. 
if if I'm outside of the building, I'm not in the house, and it is currently on fire, it is burning down, I do not go back in. No, that would be the dumbest thing ever. How many times have people gone back in and then promptly died? Right. The answer is nothing. Like, if there's, if I'm not in the house and it is burning, I do not go in. I go to my neighbors and I say, please call the fire department now. Yes, there is a reason why there is a fireproof box in our basement that holds... probably get one of those. uh, ...a majority of our important documents. Yeah, wedding certificate, birth certificate. Birth certificate, wedding certificate, uh, titles, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Insurance forms, all that other fun stuff. I let the house burn and don't go back in for anything okay so then the other what happens if you're in the house and then like you're sleeping yeah and smoke alarm goes off i grab my phone and probably like a a giant robe and a blanket and run outside because it's freaking cold outside you're not gonna grab anything else on your way out i i don't need to worry about laura and the dog right not a person or a pet those are already safe dog leash because i don't want lazarus running away all the noise and everything yeah that would would be bad but like i sleep with my phone next to me so that's that is half a second to grab i would grab my wallet because my wallet is not actually upstairs the wallet actually lives downstairs here on the desk ah i lose my my wallet wallet is That's next okay. to my bed. It's, it's I've got like this nice little package next to my bed of like my wallet, my phone, my watch. Well, no, my, I wear my watch. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I have that stuff. Oh, my watch is upstairs. <laughs> Would no, you go I, back and get it? No, Your I'm not going to go back and get it. <laughs> my life is not worth the gear fit too. Yeah. And again, the only reason I would grab my phone is to call emergency services. Yeah, no, I would... I'd grab my, my wallet. That's that's what I would do. All right. Well, there you go. That was a pretty straightforward answer. Yeah. That was an easy random topic. Yeah, what would you grab? Well, I'd grab my wallet because I don't have that on me. The phone, yeah, would be right next to the bed. Yep. And a blanket because it's cold outside. <laughs> Yes, I would. Yes, it's, slippers would be good. Or, or I mean, it depends how how much of the house is on fire. I I could grab a fire extinguisher and try and put it out. If it's bad enough that the smoke alarm is going off, normally yeah. that's a that's a bad sign. I mean, Andy, my oven has set the smoke alarm off. True. So, yeah, but if it's bad enough that, like, I had to evacuate the house and I can see it from outside and, like, the house is on fire, I'm not running back into the house. No. So there is a plus here, though, is the fact that our garage is detached. So we yeah. could just, you know... Drive chill. away? <laughs> or just, you know, chill in the cars in the garage. Ah, okay. You know, you're supposed to go 50 feet away from the building if it's on fire, right? Oh. Okay, so we'll just back Kate's car out to the street. <laughs> well, yours is just a straight back shot. I'd have to you do wiggling around and yeah. So, all right, there you have it, folks. Yep, that's a wrap. And Andy's internet didn't drop out this week. I know it's crazy. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>